to snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Bowles, touchdown. Here he goes. It's Hester. Inside the 30. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. You're listening to the Pigskin Project, the world's number one football podcast. Now with more insights on all things football, here are your hosts, Ben Hansen and Ryan Matthews. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Um, we didn't talk about this for like the last couple podcasts, mm-hmm. a couple weeks. Um, we've been doing this for a little over a year. So this is this is big for us. Um, we knew that we were going to stay consistent with it, but it's still a milestone. We're very happy about that. Um, so, you know, very good. Round of applause for us. But anyways, uh, speaking of anniversaries, uh, <laughs> Ben, yours was yesterday. How was yes. your day, bro? And overall, how's your week going? The week is going great. Uh, yesterday was great. As you guys know, if you guys follow us on Twitter, um, took a step away from the podcast yesterday, focused on my relationship, like you said, through your anniversary. It was amazing happy that i was able to spend time with her and stuff the week has been great uh yesterday too was also like it wasn't this crazy snowstorm but i mean Mm -hmm. everyone in the midwest knows or at least indiana area uh we did get snow uh so school is basically canceled i mean which sucks now with the whole covid thing is because now with the covid thing school is no longer canceled it's just put on zoom which sucks, but it's ruined. It allowed me to sleep in. I could sleep in, got extra time, went sledding. It was fun. Enjoyed it. Nice. How was your weekend, bud? Um, everything's, I mean, pretty good so far. Um, I mean, let's see. This weekend, um, unfortunately, my dog passed away, but he's doing, I mean, you know, good so far, I believe. Um, from what I believe. So but mm-hmm. as far as my other two dogs, we're loving up on them, so giving them a little extra, extra yeah. love just because of it. Um, but overall, I mean, things have gotten slowly better. Um, I believe if you keep an optimistic mindset, better things will come a lot quicker. So um, nothing's too big, no, nothing's too bad over here either. Um, I don't know. I've I've got a new game that I'm playing, so I, it's not like new, but like I'm I'm playing it, so it's it's been a lot of what fun. Thrust. I've been Russ. Like, oh, it's a good game. It's a very good game. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely gonna be playing that after this, but no big deal. Yes. Without further ado, we got some we got some stuff to to cover. Um, we got to go ahead and get into our weekly um review, and it's not much. I mean, only no. four games. <laughs> yeah. um, Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-20. Eagles beat the Giants 38 to 7. Bengals beat the Bills 27 to 10. And then the 49ers beat the Cowboys 19 to 12. So got some pretty big conference matchups. Your team's still alive. Congrats. Still alive. I tried to I tried I tried to tell everyone who would listen that the Eagles were gonna just I mean, and I was I was firm in my stance that it was gonna even be a close game. 
I didn't yeah. say the Eagles were going to win. I said said it wasn't going to be close. The Eagles were going to win, and it was going to be by a margin. Exactly. Ah, I mean, I don't know. But without further ado, um, you know, before we get into weekly news, we got to – I, I, I want to emphasize how much fun last week's episode was. So yes. if, like, people haven't tuned into that just yet, um, do it. It's probably one of my favorite episodes that we've had oh, yeah. here on the channel um, and just podcasts as well. But the thing mm. is, is, like, dude, we had such good conversation with Greg. Yes. I mean, that was awesome. Yes. Um, I had a really good time. I mean, I know a lot of people are probably going to like that, especially because I think we got a lot of Bears fans tuning in. Oh, yeah. um, so, you know, definitely something to look forward to. Um, we also want to just say, hey, if you've been listening to this so far within the first five minutes, um, drop a like, comment, or review or something like that on whatever you're listening on. Um, anything helps. Really do appreciate it. But without further ado, let's get into our next segment. Ryan and Ben bring you weekly news. So there's not really all that much to talk about. Um, So let's see. Frank Reich has been hired as the Panthers new head coach. Um, Mm -hmm. I want you to speak your piece a little bit on this just because, you know, he was a former Eagles coach. Um, But I got a, I got a slight comment, a slight reaction to it uh, Mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. Well, I, so we love Frank Reich and I, and I think it's overlooked how well he did with his bad quarterbacks he had in Indy mm-hmm. with Carson Wentz uh, or hold on, let's go back. It was what Carson. Was it was Philip Rivers. Carson. Yeah. It was Philip Carson. Carson. Matt is what it was. Um, I think with Philip Rivers, he had the seventh highest ranked passing or uh, passing offense. Mind you. Uh, I think that was Michael Pittman's rookie year. Like, like Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. And then the year after, um, it was Carson Wentz, which I don't have to tell you guys how that went. He had the ninth-ranked passing offense with them. And then with Matt Ryan this year, I think it was 11. This dude yeah. is a fine offensive coach. I, I, I think it is overlooked. Um, and I think this is saying something for the draft. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they would to trade up and get um, hashtag wink, wink, um, all this different stuff, Will Levis. Um mm-hmm. That being said, though, uh, the only issue I have with it is, is I think it should have been Steve Wilkes' job. Um, that's my issue. Um, and I know people are like the whole Brian Flores stuff is kind of coming up again. Um, I think that's um, – I don't like to get too much into that. I, th- I think people are reacting a little bit to, uh, to that. But the issue I have is, is Brian Flores c- came in and turned that team around. It's the same thing that happened with Rich last year with the Raiders. It should have been his job. There has to be something about coming in, building your own culture after the culture was toxic already, coming in, building your own culture, and then like turning the team around. And while he didn't make the playoffs for a long stretch there, people are like, maybe they will get in over Tampa Bay. Um, and he did that in like seven, eight weeks. I think it was Rich's job or uh, Steve Wilkes's job. Um, I, I, I think I think they should have hired him. But I mean, I have no issue with Frank. I think Frank is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I um I just want to say I don't think that he did a terrible job in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it was short lived. I would have really liked to see him take that team, especially. I mean, I might be a little biased because of Hard Knocks. Um, when I watch that, I feel like he's a really good coach and a really good guy. He deserves to be able to coach a good team. Um, mm-hmm. what I will say though, 
overall, as far as coach hirings and firings and stuff like that, sometimes before I get into my point, sometimes there are pretty bad coaches. Um, look at Cleveland, <laughs> for example. Sometimes they, I mean, most times they have pretty awful coaches. Um, but what people don't talk about enough is how much of a cop-out I think firing the coach is for the GM's perspective. Um, I think firing the coach and keeping the same GM is enough of a, hey, well, you know, that was a bad hire, but it's okay. No big deal. Kind of pat on the back. Mm-hmm. You'll get them next time type of thing. Coaching is they're they're held on a very short rope, um, or short leash. And the thing is, is they you either coach very very well, or you coach maybe even mid tier enough on a decent or even better team, mm-hmm. and you get to the playoffs and you win a playoff game and you keep it. Um, cough cough, Mike McCarthy maybe. Um, you know you, you do that and you'll be able to keep your job. Or you're in a really crappy situation like Frank Reich was in Indianapolis. You're brought in as a guy that can get it done and you can't do it with the pieces that you're given. So thus you're getting fired. And the thing is, it's it's primarily, in my opinion, the, the general manager's job to get this going and you know make it happen for the coach to be able to have a uh, decent enough team to lead it to where these – franchises need to be of course it's a very competitive league and everything like that but i'm surprised we don't see gm firings is is a little bit more frequent than you know head coaching um that's a little bit why i was as excited as i was about the bears is because i mean pasted awful um then you look at you know obviously as far as like ted phillips goes with the team president, he's not familiar with football at all. And you give that guy the, the key to the castle when it comes to finances, that sucks. So now you bring in a new president that knows what he's doing. You bring in a new GM that can free up the cap space and everything and get the flexibility needed. And you have a competent head coach that has proven to develop guys enough to where they're at least at a serviceable playing uh, level, such as Jack Sanborn to where now you have an, a, a franchise that can be, brought to the next level um and if you don't do something like that it's just poor gm play and Mm. and that's just what i want to focus on as far as head coaching firings and stuff like that especially in indianapolis because they are not doing a good job Um, (laughs) next up is a headline that i read um as far as david montgomery goes Mm. and i don't think you've seen this but correct me if i'm wrong okay um so Basically, there was an article put out by um, Bleacher Nation said, sounds like David Montgomery is seeking a much larger contract than the Bears are willing to offer. Um, Montgomery got a hold of this article and decided to tweet out at it. Um, He said, the stuff people, I'm just going to censor this a little bit, the stuff people make up. Next time you talk to, quote, David Montgomery, let me know. Um, The article said that David Montgomery was more than he was, he was looking for about 12 million a year. Mm. So that's why the bears were not going to offer him that. So that's why it was like, Hey, next time you talk to David Montgomery, let me know, which should lead a little bit of hope to bears fans. that want to keep David Mm. Montgomery in that aspect, because if it's not 12 million and he's not wanting that much, 
maybe I don't know. I'm I'm thinking seven million dollars is like the golden ticket. This is perfect number yep. to keep him. I would probably go up to maybe eight and a half million at most for him. That's uh I don't know, dude. So, Tony Pollard's gonna be making like twelve, thirteen this offseason. I I you, everyone knows where I stand when it comes to running back. So mm-hmm. um next up, Jets have hired Nathaniel Hackett as new offensive coordinator. This is clearly another franchise that's trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Um yeah. this is a horrible move. And I mean, okay, look, and we have nothing personal against Nathaniel Hackett. Let me just <laughs> he's let me not say good. This. I'm sure Nathaniel Hackett is a great guy. Yeah. It's just he's not good at his job no. right now. No. Um, the main issue in Denver was the play calling. So mm-hmm. what do you do? You bring him in as offensive coordinator. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. He should have moved and done some kind of Matt Nagy situation where he mm-hmm. goes and develops more position players um he and, should not be a head coach or offensive coordinator and, and, and yeah and the issue there too is i could see fine like if he plays for a team with offensive minded head coach i.e kyle shanahan for example yeah that'd be fine because most of the time your offensive minded head coach are the guys who call the plays anyways mm-hmm. um nick sirianni goes back and forth calling the uh, plays with Shane Steichen. Um, so it would have been okay if he went with an offensive-minded coach, but the head coach for the Jets is Robert Sala. Yeah. And the issue we saw with the Broncos, like you said, was he wasn't going to call in plays. Yeah. And like I was saying, it's a defensive-minded head coach, meaning the offensive coordinator is going to be calling the offensive plays it's just bad. It's it's bad. And like it's you horrible. said, we saw we saw it happen with, with with the Broncos. Didn't turn out for them. Um, maybe you can consider it a success if Aaron Rodgers comes over. Um, but even there, like Aaron Rodgers is playing for two more years, and then Aaron Rodgers retires, and now you're stuck with Nathan Hack again. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I mean, as as far as that goes, I just don't like no. the signing at all. Um. Ben, we were very frustrated to hear the theories that were surrounding this situation. I think you should probably talk about the Namar Hamlin situation yeah. just a little bit from this. Yeah. Weekend. Yeah. So uh, this was definitely something. Um, if you guys follow me on Twitter, uh, my name's not up there. I don't know. Um, but it, it's Ben Hansen. Uh, or, yeah, it's Ben. My bad. I pressed the wrong button. No worries. Uh, uh, this is the uh, one I'm looking for. There we go. Ah, there it is. <laughs> All right. But yeah, if you guys like follow me down here, like there's our Twitter handle. Ryan has this as well. Um, but if you guys follow me on Twitter, you guys know that I was like tweeting about this. Um, there is this theory going around NFL Twitter that people firmly, firmly believe in that uh, Damar Hamlin, uh, you know, he died. I'm not going to get into the politics and how he died because it's a whole nother thing. But people, um, People, some people are claiming he either died on the field or he died beforehand and they used the field thing as a cover-up and he died on the field and that wasn't actually him up in the box and you can tell it wasn't him because he was wearing a hoodie and he had a mask on and glasses and all this different, just, I don't, I don't want to curse, but um, yeah. all this different, like BS. just BS is yeah. what it was. And it was driving me crazy. It, it is obviously Damar. Damar is alive. He made it through the hospital. People have seen him since. 
Miles Sanders even FaceTimed him. He posted a picture of him, like, on Instagram. There's, like, pictures of him without the mask, even going through the tunnel. People need to calm down, and it drives me crazy that we are, like, trying to, like, take away from what this young man is going through. He almost died on the field, and he has a long road of recovery, like, ahead of him. And people are trying to say he's died and clone him. And as much as we don't like to get into it, it just it's like something that like people need to hear. Demar yeah. is not dead. Demar still needs he, he got out of it and he's alive, but he still needs the support and prayers from everyone and for his family and for himself through this long road of recovery. So instead of focusing on this time, is he a clone? Is he alive? Is he dead? Just please just continue to send your thoughts and prayers with him through this rough time. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, try to be supportive and try to send your prayers. He's alive, I promise. What I want to talk about as well is the fact that uh, Josh Allen literally spoke on a yeah. podcast about this. He heard about the rumors and he said – the way that he replied was, are actual national news outlets really coming up with this stuff? This no. is stupid. Is, is this, Yeah, that's it. So that should tell you enough about it. It's there's no reason to make conspiracy theories mm-hmm. about it. Um, next up, overreactions. Um, I have a couple of them, and I have a statement that I would like to say on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first, do you have any overreactions for this week? I have two ish. They're three, okay. but like two are combined points. I'm gonna go ahead and say mine, um, mm-hmm. and then see if any of yours match with mine. The Cowboys aren't going anywhere as long as Dak Prescott is the quarterback. Um, I am stunned to say that I <laughs> – what? Yep, my reaction overlaps. <laughs> I I was going to say I'm very stunned to say that I said Dak Prescott was a top 10 quarterback. Um, I just remembered, speaking of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. um, Josh Allen isn't a top three quarterback anymore. He's not um, – that's my is, other one that's combined point. Yeah. No, <laughs> is Josh yeah. Allen the new Aaron Rodgers when it comes to regular season play? He just can't get it done in the offseason. Or not the offseason. Yeah. Post- well, he can get it done in the offseason. We've seen it multiple times. Uh, but the postseason, yeah. Uh, not a good look for Josh Allen. Um, and it, it's just, I mean, he played awful against the Dolphins. And he didn't play good against the or the Bengals. Like, not a good look for him. Um. This next thing is going to be more of a prediction than a Mm. statement or reaction about anything. And I just want to say this before any of the rumors come out about it. Aaron Rodgers won't be the same quarterback outside of the Packers. Mm. Um, No matter where he goes, unless it's somewhere crazy like San Francisco, which at this point has like three different quarterbacks are trying to shuffle around and have no business shopping for another one. Uh-huh. Um, there's, there's really in my eyes, there's uh, maybe Tampa, but there's not really a team that speaks to me and shouts to me and levels to where he's going to play amazing in the system. Maybe Vegas, that would probably be it. But when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers rumors and and what he'll do in the offseason as he normally does, I hope the Packers keep him. In fact, I'm rooting for the Packers to keep him. Um, yeah. and, and as a Bears fan, you guys are probably looking at me like, why would you say something like that? He's terrorized the Bears for years. Here's the thing. Uh, the Bears are going to be better next year than they were this year because it's a low bar. 
And I think that they will – God, I hope so. They'll beat the Packers at least once next year. Um, <laughs> with or without Aaron Rodgers, it's going to happen. Because yeah. at the end of the day, they're losing more players than they're gaining. And mm. when I say players, I mean they might make a couple depth moves, but they're not going to be any kind of crucial crazy moves. Um, the Bears, on the other hand, are doing the exact opposite. They are going to be making a ton of big moves. They have the potential. They have the capital. It's going to happen. So when it comes to Aaron Rodgers staying a Packer, this is the scenario that I can see playing out. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to retire. He's not. Whether or not he gets traded, he's just not going to retire. There's $60 million being left on the table. If you are smart, which Aaron Rodgers is a very calculated person, you are not leaving $60 million no. on the table. That is generational wealth in my eyes. You just don't do that. Next up, if you keep Aaron Rodgers, you wasted a first-round pick. Jordan Love is sitting there rotting, and odds are he's going to ask for a trade. Oh, yeah. And when it comes to that, I hope Jordan Love blossoms to a beautiful young quarterback that I believe he can be. Um, he's done, I mean, really good in, in what we've seen in limited play when Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Um, you know, I think that he's grown underneath Aaron Rodgers, and I think that he can be a good quarterback. The thing is, I hope that Aaron Rodgers stays for one, maybe two years before they can give Jordan Love an extension. Because for one, if you're Jordan Love and Ben, I, I if you are, if you're Jordan Love, put yourself in his shoes. Do you want to sign an extension from this team no. that just sat you? No, of course not. So when it comes to that, like, yeah, I hope they do keep Aaron Rodgers. It's screwing them over on cap space. It's screwing them over in draft capital. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you're not going to be making this team any better with this guy you have to get rid of him almost at this point. And especially because he's it not would, playing at the high level anymore. Know, so it would be, it's it, it, it would be, so. if you're the Packers, you have to, if he comes back and he says, I have to, you know, if he decides he comes back and he wants to play and he wants to take that $60 million, to. you have to do that. You have to trade him. You get draft capital from trading him. You clear the books and you get to see what you have in Jordan Love. It would be wild for them to not see what they have. It just it wouldn't make any sense for me. Um, but if he does stay, I was just thinking about it for a second, and then I'll get to the other point you made. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Love, like if he stays, like a third round pick to New Orleans for Jordan Love, that'd be fun. I'd love to see it. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> that being good. said, yes. Uh, that being said, though, I don't know, dude. I, I Aaron Rodgers ended the lot like Aaron Rodgers' last eight games of the season were really good. He looked like old Aaron Rodgers. Um, and let's be honest, the Jets have way better weapons than what the Packers did. I think he, I think he would go to the Jets and look perfectly fine. I hate to tell you, but he he has a fine offensive line there. He has Brees Hall. He has James Robinson. He has Corey Davis. I think he Jordan has... Love is worth more than a third round pick. By the way, no, I, I, it's tough because we've never seen him play. Right, and he has is... one year left on his contract as well. So that means if he performs well, you have to pay him. Chase Claypool went for a second round pick, bro. Yeah, and like, everyone said it was a bad pick. I'm just or, saying. Or, or everyone said it wasn't worth it. Roquan and Smith went thing. for a second. I, like I, I, I know, but Roquan Smith showed that he was an all-pro player. 
I'm just saying, bro. And you're lo you're talking last year of his contract. I'm saying a second round pick is probably the best. You're not going to get a first round pick. The thing, thing is, is, he's is 24 years old. Cars he's probably going for a second pick. So if cars yeah, going for a old. second round, I know, but we literally haven't seen Jordan Love play. Like we haven't. We've seen him play games, and I agree. I think he's worth more than the two, but I think realistically, his value is probably ended being the three. I'm just saying, as far as car goes. Cars a proven, but he's a veteran. Mm -hmm. As far as love goes, he's more so developed than unproven. And he's young. I mean, only 24 years old. You draft Stetson Bennett, you're getting an older quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're getting an older quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, if you're, you know, if you're a quarterback needy team, if you're Carolina, I mean, why not think about it? But who knows? Anyways, um, so I, I covered two of your overreactions. Yeah. Uh, that was, you want to talk? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just to yeah recap, I think it was I think it's time to have a conversation about Dak Prescott and his future. I'm not saying get rid of him. Just a conversation to have. Um, Josh Allen, come on now, what are we doing? I just it's it's he's almost getting to the Justin Herbert level of not being able to win in the playoffs, um, which he makes it, but then he can't really get past the important games. Uh, and then the last one, which I'm just going to say, um, and I'm sure yeah, with this being a shorter podcast uh, in terms of picks can pick them, we'll get to it. Boy, did the freaking Eagles get snubbed when it came to the NFL awards. So we'll get to it. We'll get to it later. Yeah. So. Yeah. So next up, um, we are temporarily retiring a segment. Um, yep. Upset alert is not going to be a thing so far this season. Um, there's only two matchups, and yeah. all four teams are going to be really good. Yeah. Really good, and I don't see their. I mean, the only upset is like the 49ers beating the Eagles and Lincoln Financial, and you that's know not, the Chiefs not, I, beating the Bengals I, at Arrowhead. Which, yeah. sure, those two things could happen. I'm not saying they will, but all that. I'm saying is that's the literally the only two matchups that we could talk about. So when it comes to upset alert, we're mm -hmm. moving on from this until next season mm -hmm. where we can take all 16 matchups or whatever yeah. and plug them in at, you know, Oh, I got four or five. Like we normally do um, next up. So what I would like to do, and I've been looking around trying to figure out how mm -hmm. to do it and everything. Um, ben, I haven't really talked to you about this, but there's going to be some graphic changes along with yeah. the um, Pigskin project. As far as this goes in the background, what you're seeing is just, I mean, just our logo. Yep. Um, the thing is, our logo looks great. I, I'm looking at, you know, just how we can make things a little bit better along the show as far as production level and everything yep. like that. Um, you know, video editing, whatever, trying to do that. Um, also next up, um, I'm hoping next week this will happen, but I can't promise anything. Um, our next guest is going to be pretty big, like monumental. Yeah. Um, so this is something to look forward to. I'm not going to say who it's going to be just yet, but, um, all I got to say is shout out to Greg Braggs for being a great guy. What a guy. Um, yeah. So, but after, after that, really, that's. Uh, I mean, pretty much it when it comes to changes, um, mm -hmm. you know, just little things. But overall, um, we're about, I want to say, halfway, maybe a little bit before halfway point of the show. So if you guys can leave a review or a comment or a like or whatever 
on um, whatever platform that you're watching. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, just trying to grow just a little bit more. So um, if you guys would, that'd be huge. So anyways, we're going to go ahead and move on. You think you know football? Well, prove it. This is Pigskin Pick'em. So last week, um, this is this has been, I mean, pretty good. Um, ben, you had a really good week last week. Yes, um, you went 4-0. Oh. Um, you did not incorrectly guess one. Um, I went three and one and our guest Greg Braggs went one and three. Uh, so great job, Greg. Um, anyways, (laughs) yeah. So, um, he he picked the chiefs over the Jaguars, a solid pick. Um, everything else, he kind of went with the underdog. Got to respect it. We were having fun on the pod. Um, like I said, if you haven't given that one a listen, check it out for sure. Um, but with that being said, yeah, um, our playoffs (laughs) were tied. Uh, eight and two for both of it. Um, I mean, unbelievable, but not really. And the thing is, we could very well we go tied, yeah, going into next one because mm-hmm. I, 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 the, hmm. all I gotta say is our predictions could be the same. That's it. I would um, be very surprised if they're not. I think we're yeah. on the same page here. So, um, let's go ahead and kick things off though. 49ers at Eagles. What are you thinking? I I my I, I talked to you about this before the podcast started. The emotional fan in me has like has overtaken the like the intellectual like smart thinking. As you know, throughout the entire regular season, very pessimistic person. I was not. I'm not going to predict this to happen, and I'm not saying it will happen, and I'm not saying it should happen. Mm-hmm. The Eagles could blow out the Niners though and every single position outside of running back and tight end am I missing anything running back and tight end and tight ends really close let me make sure I'm not missing nothing I love George Kittle the outside of or, uh, outside of running back linebacker and then you could I would I would not be surprised if people would rank Dallas after the season he had above Kittle I'm not there yet Outside of those three positions, the Eagles are like, like it's smoked. It's not even close. They have the upper hand. The only close one is the wide receivers. But offensive line, you got to give to the Eagles. Quarterback, you got to give to the Eagles. Wide receiver, that's what I'm saying. You could make the argument, but let's be honest, it's the Eagles. Running back. I said running back was the Niners. I was gonna say that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sure. Linebacker, running back, and then tight end, you can give to the Niners. Everything else, quarterback, D line, O line, safety, CD. Everything else is the Eagles, and and, and, I, and you hear like D line, and you're like, "What? They have Nick Bosa. They do have Nick Bosa. He has 18 sacks. No one on the rest of their offensive line has more than five sacks. The Eagles have four guys on their team in double digit sacks. It's not close. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. And I'm not going to predict a blowout. By no means am I saying it's going to happen, and by no means am I going to predict it. Mm-hmm. That being said, the Eagles have the advantage in majority of spaces. And, and for that reason, I think the Eagles defense is going to cause havoc. And I think if you have Reddick shifted over to the right side, or on his side, it's going to be the left side, uh, but he'll be going up against the right defensive tackle or the right offensive tackle, which is uh, McClinchy. I mm-hmm. think he would, he's going to, he's going to wreak havoc on, on Purdy. And we saw I like last McClinchy. game. I like yeah, him. but come on. <laughs> Hassan yeah. Reddick, we'll get to it. Hassan Reddick Reddick's second good. in the league in sacks. Yeah. yeah. Like, so he, he's going to wreak havoc. And as we saw 
Like, I love Purdy, but we saw the pressure get to him last game. We saw what the pressure could do to him. Um, yeah. So I think I, I think if we get pressure on him and we go up early, it's just, it's the same plan that we had against the Giants. Get pressure on him, go up early. That sounds easier than what it said because as we've gone over, the the Niners have the best defense ability. Um, yeah. So it's it, it's I, I, it sounds easier than what it actually is. It's easier to say than what it is. But the Eagles can get pressure and go up early. It's not going to be a game. Uh, for that reason, though, I think it's going to be a way better than game than what it was last week. It's going to be a lot more fun to watch. Hopefully, a little bit more points. Um, I'm going to have the Eagles winning 31 to 24. So that's by a touchdown. Um, what I'm going to say about this one is it could go either way. It could, um, and that's what I'm saying. I, I like, like as I, I know, I just talked about like them blowing out. Because yeah. they have the advantage in most positions, but the Niners yeah. are a good team, and I don't want that to be taken away. They're a very good team. What I'm gonna say though, um, this is—I mean—it's being played at Lincoln Financial Field. That's huge. Purdy's West. Um, Purdy's first West Coast game. He's yeah. played all home games, and then he played in LA and Seattle. So yeah. he's he's never been out west. He's only or, or not west coast, uh, east coast. He's only yeah. been out west. He's never had the time change either. So so I mean, as far as I mean, I I don't think that's going to be as big of a factor. Um, but the thing is, I, it's really it's going to be a matter of um, defenses. I think that that's mm-hmm. going to be huge. Um, but ultimately, I'm I'm willing to take. Hurts and that offense over a rookie-led 49ers team, um, specifically because you're playing with the Super Bowl on the line. Um, you're going in with so much momentum. However, you've got such a young quarterback at the helm uh, that just got thrown into the situation. He's playing very well. Yeah. Um, all it's going to take, though, is one tiny slip-up against this Eagles team, and then it's over. Um mm-hmm. That being said, though, I think the Eagles are the same way. Um, I mean, they've slipped up once in one game and have blown it. Um, you know, like I said, this could very well go both ways. Um, mm. As far as that goes, I'm very scared for the Eagles when it comes to their run defense. Um, I think Debo's going to be a pretty solid factor into this as well. Um, you've got to look at CMC. I mean, he's obviously going to be a factor. And then George Kittle over the middle, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, you know, I'm not doubting the secondary in Philly. I'm not going to count them out because, like I said, this is very much going to be a defensive battle. They've got to be able to scout against all phases of football. But I think the safest pick here is to pick the Eagles, and I'm going to pick them 33-28. to Um, I think that that's fair. Uh, Bengals at Chiefs. Now, keep uh, in mind, Patrick Mahomes is looking very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his ankle, he's somehow able to walk on it. He's been <laughs> practicing and everything like that. Um, not kind of, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what kind of pain meds he's on. Or <laughs> if, the, if the injury was as serious as we thought, maybe he got misdiagnosed or something like that. Yeah. But if he's able to play all four quarters, I'm going to be very surprised. But that's yeah. all that I'm going to say before I get into yeah. my um, And then just real quick, yeah, no, if if the Eagles game was held at Levi Stadium there in San Jose, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, they're the, they're the San Diego char- – or not San Diego, they're the um, – San Francisco. San Francisco um, Niners, but they're 
or actually in Ho- uh, San Jose. But if, mm-hmm. but if, if anyways, as a tangent, if it was played in Levi Stadium, I probably would have picked the Niners to win. But it's not. It's played in Lincoln. That uh, Lincoln. That was the deciding factor. Uh, that being said, like you said, I have the Bengals winning this one. Um, that is a huge concern, and and I you can inject them up with these crazy pain medicine and, and high mm-hmm. ankle sprains as we. As anyone who's ever had them, anyone who pays attention to football um, knows that there's something – it's painful if you play on it, and the recovery process is usually two to three weeks. And he's playing on it one week after, you know, it happening. I think they're yeah. going to wrap it up. They're going to inject it with all these crazy pain medicines. But it's a conversation that me and Matt had. It's not even the pain I'm worried about. It, when, it's, when it's something like that, you roll it, you twist it, you spray it, you can inject it with all the pain medicine you want there's still going to be structural concerns in there. So you yeah. might not feel it, but he there's a good chance he's going to go in and mess it up even more playing this game. And, I mean, this shows you the kind of guy he is, the kind of leader he is playing in this game, you know, playing through this high ankle sprain. But a high ankle sprain, at the end of the day, is like I, I think it's a very overlooked injury. It's serious. And I, I just, like you said, it's going to be tough. Um if he does play four quarters, and that's a big if, he's not going to be on his game. I don't think we're going to see like those like crazy like escape artist plays that we've seen from him. Um, and for that reason, you know, I have to go with the Bengals. I think the Bengals' offense is just going to produce um, and just going to just going to squeak it out. I think they're going to, according to the game script I have in my head, uh, they're going to win thirty-four to twenty-eight, which is ironic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to, like, go down the field, like, four minutes left, and they're going to score the game-winning touchdown. And, and that's how I envision it happening. Uh, so, yeah, the Bengals 34-28 to 28 because of Mahomes' ankle. Mahomes' ankle is fine. I think it might be a different conversation. Uh, but because of that, I have to pick the Niners. Yeah. Right now, what I'm thinking as far as game script goes, quote-unquote, yeah. um, I, I don't see Mahomes playing all four quarters as much yep. of a dog that he is. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did um, strictly because he is Patrick Mahomes um, and, and you got to keep him in. Uh, the thing is, if the Chiefs somehow pull this out at home, they're going to lose next week in the Super Bowl. Yeah, about um, two weeks. Two weeks, whatever. But the thing is – The Kelsey Bowl – might I even add that I feel like this game should be at a neutral site, but that's just me. It, it, it absolutely should because because if if they lost, if the um if the Bills won in the in the Chiefs lost, the record mm-hmm. would have been tied. Yeah, hey, so, I agree. They should just saying, but um, either way, you know, I think you meant to say that if the Bengals won, yeah, and the yeah. Chiefs lost. Yep. Either way, the Bengals they had the tiebreaker and everything. They definitely should have, um, but. Without a doubt in my mind, I think that they're on a little bit of a revenge tour. Um, I think a lot of people, oh, counting yeah. myself, counted them out at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. both teams, actually, I said that the Bengals weren't even going to make the playoffs. Um, and I don't even think the Chiefs were going to make the playoffs either. But the thing is, um, the Bengals, I thought, were on a fluky Super Bowl run. And it seemed that way at the beginning of the season. But they've just gotten a lot better and have ultimately transformed into what I think is maybe a top five most dangerous team in the league for future wise. Um, they're they're on such young contract short con or not short uh cheap contracts too. Mm-hmm. So very dangerous. But um when it comes to the Chiefs, 
there's not a lot that I like compared to matchup against the Bengals. Um, you know, I like obviously the Chiefs tight end more. Um, the Bengals and Chiefs t- offensive line, I think, is a little bit more of a toss up. Um, obviously, I like Mahomes more as a quarterback, but Mahomes on one leg, I'll take Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, the secondary in Kansas City, I might take over the Bengals, but I. The thing is, Eli Apple just needs to shut up. Oh my god, um, he drives me crazy. <laughs> but without a doubt in my mind, I think the Bengals are going to be taking this one, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's going to be twenty-eight to seventeen. So we're going to be tied going into the Super Bowl. Um, same, yeah, same picks, no matter what, we'll be tied. But no matter what happens, we're going to be tied. And, unfortunately, and, and I'm going to say it here, and I know play determines. You know, you know, we'll see how the how it goes mm-hmm. if this happens. And as much as I let that emotional fan took over me this week, the intellectual fans can be back next week. And it's, it's Eagles versus Bengals Super Bowl. I, I do. I'm, I'm telling you guys right now, my prediction is probably going to be the Eagles to lose. <laughs> so all I got to say, Ben, I'm rooting for the Eagles for you. I want to see you happy. Um, if the Bears were in this spot, I know you would root for oh, them yeah. too. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm rooting for you, man. I really do want to see you thrive, but at the end of the day, Philly fans suck. Uh, (laughs) you're, you're, you're pretty cool, but Philly fans are awful. Um, but yeah, so that'll do it for that one. We've got a little bit of a debate from earlier. Oh my God. This was heated. So this is about the coach of the year. Um, more specifically, not about really any other NFL awards, but you've got to, couple more gripes to name off so i i say you go ahead and start off with your point of view oh which one about the other awards coach of oh just everything as a whole everything all right everything we'll run through it really quickly i i the eagles got slighted in in the awards this year uh how did nick sirianni not finish top three uh head coaching year um they finished four games over the expected average or over the expected win total which is more than any other team this season mind you so Mm -hmm. if everyone wants to talk about brian exceeding expectations guess what nick did it more that's besides the point i think nick should have been in there uh brandon graham not being a comeback player of the year at least not being in it is absolutely wild he had a career season uh he had 11 sacks this season he played one game last season Saquon played 13. I think CMC played seven. Gino played as much as the Seahawks allowed him to play. I I, I think we need to have – I think as far as comeback play of the year, we need to define those parameters a little bit more. Because from what I thought and what most people thought, it was a player who got hurt, who comes back, and is performing well. This dude at the age of 33 popped his Achilles and mm. came back and has an 11-sack season. That's not the defensive, or if that's not comeback player of the year, I don't know who is. And then speaking of defensive player of the year, um, it's it's wild to me how Hassan Reddick didn't get in. Um, he finished, I, I think it was 16 sacks, five forced fumbles, three um, fumble recoveries, um, and he put up, uh, I think it was a sack and a half more than what Hassan Reddick or than what Parsons did. Um, and an extra fumble recovery than what Parsons did on less snaps as well. So he was more productive and more efficient in his snaps. Uh, I have no clue how. He finished second in the league. I, I, it's awful. And, it's, and outside of even defensive player of the year with him, I don't know why national media is talking about that. It, I, I, and I don't want to, you know, like um, question any of our listeners' knowledge or stuff. 
but I bet most people didn't know he was second in the lead in sacks because no one talks about him, which is absolutely wild. Um, so the, it, it was just it was wild to me that those guys didn't um, get in that um, for comeback player of the year. Uh, like I said, it's Geno, CMC, Saquon. I think CMC is probably going to win that. Uh, defensive player of the year, uh, Nick Bosa, Parsons, and Chris Jones. I think Bosa is going to win that, which I predicted. Um, and then coach of the year, uh, it's um, Kyle, Brian Dable, Doug Peterson. I think Kyle will win that. We'll get to that. Um, and then MVP, I think it's uh, I think it's Mahomes, uh, Jay Jets, and no, I think it's Mahomes, Burrow, and Hurts. Uh, and then Offensive Player of the Year, I think is I'm looking at Jay it. Jets, uh, Jay Jets, Tariq, um, Mahomes, and Hurts. Uh, let me so the, let me read this yeah. off just for everybody. Just just MVP of. and Offensive Player. I think are the two we need. Everything else, I, I, MVP. I, I, Allen, Burrow, Mahomes, Hurts, and Jefferson. Yep. Uh, offensive Player of the Year: Mahomes, Hurts, Hill, and Jefferson. Um, yeah. Was there yeah. anything else? What was it? No, I covered. I covered coach, comeback, and defense. how did how did Christian? Oh, and then rookie. And then there's also the offensive and defensive rookie. Defense is not even a conversation to be had. It's Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Offensive rookie is when we have to start. You know, who do we think it is? Is it Purdy? Purdy? I don't think it can be Purdy. He played three games in the regular season. As much as I love him. Come on now, um, and then I, I think it was I think it was four actually. Sorry, I was gonna say I, I think it was I texted to you today. Um, he, let's see, let me see. Uh, Seattle, Washington, Vegas, and Arizona. So four, yeah, four. So he played four. I don't think you as much as as well as he played in those four. Um, you can't have him. You can't have him there. Um. Come on, defensive scouting soft. Yeah, comeback player of the year: Geno Smith, Chris McCaffrey, or Saquon Barkley. It's between Geno and Saquon, but I'll. Probably oh, he actually played. Saquon. He actually played six regular season games: Dolphins, Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders. Yeah. So six, but, but still six. I don't think it can be him personally. I, I I think it's Olave or Wilson. That's where it gets tough. Hmm. It's hard for me to pick. But as an Iowa State fan, I'm sure you're happy that it's between your two guys. So. You know, I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is coach of the year. Kyle Shanahan. Up, up for up for grabs, Sean McDermott, Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan, Brian Dabble, and Doug Peterson. I yeah. think Brian and the Dabble. Three finalists, yeah, and the three finalists were 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 Doug, Kyle, and and uh, Nick. Brian. Brian. Oh, wait, wait. Doug, the, 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 oh. That was that was a cool graphic. That they posted, yeah. which was a whole thing in Philly, is a graphic they posted. But the three finalists are Doug, yeah. uh, Kyle, and, and okay. So yeah, and, so, and it's Kyle. It's Kyle Shanahan. So yeah, so that's that's the big thing. Um, I what? think definitely Brian Dabble. I I guess I was wrong. Chris Olave wasn't off. That's awful. As much I was as gonna I say, Purdy. I didn't see him on there, but you know, yeah. As much as I love Purdy, he played six games in the regular season. Chris Olave looked like he was a wide receiver one. It's really, really, really bad. Which nobody expected him to be, by the way. Ah, yeah. Um, um, but when it comes to, I mean, Kyle, mm-hmm. Brian, or yeah. Doug, uh, let's not – okay, look, Doug Peterson, I mean, half of the job this year, though, okay? Like, I don't want to count him out because, like, he's he's clearly he, – he can. Uh, but it's it's got to be Brian Dabble, dude. I don't know. And I understand, dude, here's the thing. Something that I cannot stress enough 
and it, and it it's it's especially I mean for you as well mm-hmm. because I mean obviously you're rooting for Nick Sirianni. Yeah. Um, dude, when you have if okay, when when the Warriors had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant, Steve Kerr was he was he was dude. You're supposed to win with that group. You're supposed to. The second that on the draft night when we saw AJ Brown get traded to Philly, we were like, "Wow, that's going to be really good. Yeah. Philly's going to be really good." Yeah. Oh, CJ Gardner, uh, Gardner Johnson got traded as well. Like it's a super team. Yeah. Like, what else do yeah. you need? And then yeah. all of a sudden, in, in San Francisco, you have Debo Samuel that got back from injury. You have CMC. You know, Trey Lance, which I understand went down with an injury. Jimmy Garoppolo was still playing at a pretty decent level as well. He went down with an injury, but then you have Brock Purdy coming in and everything. And yeah, but like at the same exact time, he's for one, I think in a better quarterback room than what people think. This is a primarily oh, yeah. run offense, which I mean, people don't talk about enough with Kyle Shanahan. Um, the Shanahan family is notoriously known for their run offense. Yes. So matching him up with, with CMC, I totally understand that. Um, but he also has the, like one of the best defenses in the league. He has this like a defensive player of the year candidate in Nick Bosa. Um, I mean, just he's got the pieces for it. So looking at him, right. uh, Looking at Peterson, which I love Doug Peterson to death. Don't get me wrong, but he's just not in it. Um, And then you got to look at Brian Dabble. So he, okay. The offense has looked a lot better under him. He's brought some no name guys who was Isaiah Hodges before this year? Nobody knew except maybe you oh. because you're a freak. But here's the thing. <laughs> I think you went to Oregon so, State. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah. So here's the thing. Nobody knew who he was. And the other guy, we were talking about him like last week. And you're like, dude, his wide receiver one is – I don't even remember his name. And so like – Richie James. Richie James. Who is Richie James? And so <laughs> you're giving Danny Dimes that and then – you know, obviously Slayton gets hurt and everything. You're dealing with injuries and you're still being able to make something happen. And I understand that there's a losing streak that went on there, Mm -hmm. but being able to overcome adversity, it's a story that comes along with coach of the year and not having the pieces to do it compared to even Doug (laughs) Peterson really is, is enough in my book to where it's like, dude, dabble has to be that guy. He's able to transform this team just like that and bring Saquon Barkley back to the level. Mm -hmm. Dude, if anybody were to come in and coach Dallas and make Zeke Zeke again, I think they would instantly be like, Whoa, hold on a second. We got something crazy here. Like, and especially because dude, uh, New York just hardly has anything really flashy on defense. I mean, they have Dexter Lawrence that had a phenomenal year as well. But like, if you can make an offense that can keep yeah, up Julian with it. Julian Love and McKenney played very well too. They have Aziz Ojolari. They have KT who played well as well. So I mean, okay. Well, here's the thing though: it's not consistent in the in the teams that that I mean, I know that we've talked about it before um, the podcast, but the teams that you say is an easy schedule. I'm not calling it that, especially because it was as early in the season as it was. When you're playing the Ravens with Lamar, that's a dangerous team. Yeah. I don't care who you are, that's a dangerous team. 
when I mean, dude, other teams, the entire NFC North Bears, don't get me wrong. I know I'm a Bears fan, and I know I'm probably giving them a little bit too much credit, but the thing is is that they are a group of fighters, and they will stay in the game until the final second ticks out. You would know that we were at that game between the Eagles and the Bears. They had no business being in that Mm -hmm. game, but the Eagles let them. Like, my fight in this is the fact that the Giants were able to create an offense that can compete with these teams as good as they are the vikings they as as fraudulent as they can be yeah like they're still a good team they're a good team they they earned the record and everything they're a good team as far as the packers went it sucks for me that that was the fake they play the fake packers though they played like the packers like week four when when we were like aaron Rodgers is bad and like we knew they were going to be off. Like, they did not play the good Packers. That was the really, really bad Packers. Well, here's the thing, though. The bad Packers, you're talking about strictly their offense being bad because that defense did not their play a lick didn't of show bad. Up the first, like, five or six weeks. They, they like, they, I, I think the first, like, five weeks, they, like, let each offense put up, like, 30 points on them or something. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the Packers look. I, and I understand it was a little early on in the season. Mm-hmm. They're also playing in, in London. Like, yeah. you know, it's a little bit different. But the Packers were still pretty decent as a team. I know that they're still growing and everything like that. It's the same exact thing when I argue about Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. <laughs> when you play an Aaron Rodgers-led team, it's a dangerous team. Um, the Cowboys, best defense in the league, or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost that game though. They lost, you know, yeah. They beat the Panthers. But the thing is, is like they only lost by a touchdown and they only held the Cowboys to 23 points. That's solid. Um, the thing is, is you know, they beat That's the Titans awesome. in week one, and they had I mean, that was that was a statement win. Um, you look at it, like I said, the Ravens, um, you know, they beat the Seahawks when Gino was still good. Um, you know, they they I mean, like I said, they compete hey, okay. in a in a tough division as well. And not only that, but I mean, they, they, I mean, dude, it's just when you lead a team like that with such a low star power to where they're at now and be able to win a playoff game in your very first season, it's deserving of a lot of credit and a lot of credit being, I think that that's coach of the year. But I, okay, I'll let you take some, I'll, I'll let you take a sip of water here. Um, no, so, okay, so, so the two points that I want to highlight that you talk about adversity, the, <laughs> let's be honest, everyone knows the number one important position on the field is quarterback. Not only did he lose his starting quarterback, he lost his second string quarterback, which caused him to, to, to play his third string quarterback, who he went 6 and 0 with at the end of the season. Uh, I think he was on a 10 game win streak. Going into the playoffs, which we won't even have to talk about the playoffs. I want to bring it up because it's a regular season award. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're talking about adversity, that's the biggest adversity you can face all season. That being said, too, if we're if we're looking at wins above teams that are above 500, the Niners also have more wins against teams above 500. The Niners have four, Packers or the Giants have three. Um, but more than anything, it, it, and I, I know you say, look at these weapons, you should win. What did Gardner Minshew do when he stepped in? Gardner Mitchell didn't win a game when he stepped in against the Eagles. That's and and I understand this is how, how when I mean, he has a supporting cast and this is a third string doing it, not even the second string who mind you, you talked about Jimmy being like this great, like backup quarterback. People viewed Gardner Minshew the same way. He's probably the second best quarterback in the league and he stepped in and couldn't win. 
but Brock Purdy stepped in and went on a six-game win streak. And, and, and we're talking about all these weapons. That come. Skyler Thompson. Skyler Thompson was a third-string quarterback, and he it's, and he had Tyree Kill, and he had and he had Jalen Waddle, and he Who couldn't did, win. My question to that, really quick: Who did Gardner Minshew play against? He played against the Saints. He should have beat the Saints. Come on, the Saints. Is, no yeah, that's that's pretty bad. But I get that. <laughs> when it okay, and then Skyler Thompson. Who did he play against? Uh, he played a couple different teams. Um, I don't Bills, quite remember. And then uh, I think he came in for the Packers game as well when the Packers defense was good. Or no, I'm sorry, no, because Tua played that and he was just brain dead. Um, yeah. So, hold but, on. but but that that's my point. Not not a single, not a, another team in the league, even teams with the same supporting or the same supporting cast around them, could come in and win. Three games, not not. You know, I'll say this: not a single team in the league could come in with their backup quarterback and win five games, let alone come in with their third string quarterback and win six straight games. Not a single team in the league. I don't care how good your offense is. Again, Gardner Minshew, who has arguably a top, I'm not going to even say argue, has a top five wide receiving slash Patrick Hessing core in the number one offensive line in the game. But Brock Purdy could do it, and it's all about the system. Somehow, Kyle Shanahan is won ten straight games going into the playoffs with a second and third string quarterback, and his third string quarterback is putting up numbers as well. Gardner Minshew didn't do it, and the Eagles have a better wide receiving slash pass catching core than the Niners do. He, and that's the thing. Kyle Shanahan just makes a system on offense that anyone can succeed in. Do I think Kyle Shanahan's a little bit of a weenie when it comes to when he's calling timeouts? And I think he should I think he should go for it a little bit more and stuff, but that's outside of that's that's outside of what we're talking about. I think yeah. he's a weenie, I think he should go for it a little bit more. But he creates an offense that anyone can succeed in, and not a single soul in the NFL can do that the way Kyle Shanahan is doing it. Sean McVay couldn't freaking do it. And let's be honest, yeah. I and, and I know that's hurt and and all different stuff, and that just that's just a tangent. But Kyle Shanahan is succeeding with his second and third string quarterback at a level at a level that literally no one has ever seen before. And we're trying to give it to this dude who we saw that exact script happen last year, and the dude wasn't even in the uh, the, the coach of the year finalist conversation. And and I I think it's because he plays in New York, and I think that's the issue. I think he plays in New York, so he's getting the hype. But at the end of the day, this dude's succeeding with a third-string quarterback, and there's not a single coach in the NFL that could do that besides him. Let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> an hour. Let's go yeah. ahead and move on. We still got a little bit more of a new segment, quote-unquote. Pro football isn't the only game in town. Let's take a stroll to Ben's College Corner. So College Corner's going to look a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Um, so pretty much we're just going to be talking about quarterbacks for this week. Yep. We're going to be analyzing – analyzing wow mm-hmm. um different positions as we lead up to the draft and after that uh just kind of going on but yeah um <laughs> thanks matt both of you are correct by the way thank <laughs> you um if we didn't already and i know that i've already said this but i see there's a couple of you still in chat if you would please throw a like on there um i don't know if you're watching on facebook youtube or twitter mm-hmm. but throw a like comments, on there yeah. comments it's always open mm-hmm. Um, subscribe if you haven't already. We do this yep. every week. 
Um, but without further ado, uh, let's yep. go ahead and analyze some uh, quarterbacks to watch out for if you're unfamiliar yep. with the draft. Um, yep. I and, probably know a lot less about the quarterbacks before yeah. Ben gets to it. So yep. Ben's primarily going to talk here, but yeah. um, just going to give him his, his stage now. Yeah, uh, so real quick, uh, so like you said, uh, this is going to look a lot different than what you guys are used to. Usually we go over games and stuff. Obviously, college season is over. Um, like I, I'm going to give you guys prospect watch each week like I've done, you know, for the last like 10, 12 weeks. Uh, but this prospects of quarterbacks, so we'll get to him for the prospect breakdown. Um, and that's what I'm going to start doing. The prospect breakdown and give to you guys is going to be a guy that's out of the position we're going over each week. Um, but this uh, week, two, I'm also going to give you guys some names to watch out for in terms of Senior Bowl because that game is played um, Saturday of next week. Um, but the big thing about the Senior Bowl isn't the game, it's the practices. Um, so that's going to be something we'll talk about next episode, how those guys look like. Uh, but this episode, I'll give you guys names uh, to watch, uh, but we'll do that after this. Uh, so I have um, – I ranked – what is this? I think it's eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, can I, eight. Can I chip in mm-hmm. really quick? I want to give you, I guess, my my top, what is it, five quarterbacks yep. in the draft, and I want you to yep. kind of react to them accordingly. Okay. Um, and I want everybody to know, as of right now, I've done very minimal research compared to what my friends have done. Yeah. So um, okay. this is just what I'm seeing at the mm-hmm. moment, and – It'll probably change later on, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, later next hopefully. month when yeah we go to the scouting combine. I so, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know what your list looks like, but hopefully, hopefully we see some change. That's how it is. That's how it should be for everyone. But I'm looking forward to hearing what you uh, have in terms of your top five. So I want to make a note. This is mm. more than likely going to change the more that yeah. I watch some film. Yeah. Um, but this is just how I stand at the moment. Bryce Young's at one. Yep shortly just very very closely behind him at two is will levis okay um the size and everything of them we've talked about it before the podcast and everything Mm -hmm. i'm very impressed by it um and just Mm -hmm. his ability i know it might be a little bit more of a stretch but not a stretch but uh uh project is the thing that i'm yes um but he's a good project to have um cj stroud is my number three um, I'm going to say Richardson at four and then Hooker at five for right now. Those could wow. also also yep. switch. Um, but, would, yeah, what I do want to say as well. I'd be surprised if Hooker doesn't move down in your ranking. But. More than likely, what people are also going to see, and, and mm-hmm. I cannot stress this enough, as I'm seeing more mock drafts on Twitter because it's that season for my Bears <laughs> Twitter because we suck. Um First off, let me just say this. A lot of trade rumors that I'm seeing, a lot of them can be smoke screens. Um, And, for example, Fields isn't going anywhere. Kevin Warren signing is a huge, you know, indicator of that. Um, But not only that, uh, because you can trade on PFF does not mean it's going to happen. Um, And not only that, but just because somebody's available, do not think that your team's immediately going to be interested in mm-hmm. them. Um, DeAndre Hopkins has not appeared on the bears radar at any moment from what I'm hearing. So um, bears fans, 
chill out, okay? The time will come in which these conversations will be had and there's going to be rumors and everything, but the more that you work yourself up, and this is really for any sports fan or um, any fan base or anything like that surrounding the NFL, if the more that you hype yourself up and get more sold on, let's say, deer and pain, for example, um, the more that you're going to be very disappointed when it doesn't Mm -hmm. happen. So just chill out. Enjoy the playoff football while you still can, um, and then just let everything develop as it will, especially with these draft prospects, because, I mean, you never know. Will Anderson might be going number one instead, or, you know, Will Anderson might fall out of the top ten because of something. I mean, we saw a very good pass rusher drop out of the first round because he tore an ACL during his senior uh what's it called a senior thing senior yeah pro day so something just to note anything could change um i'm gonna keep doing research as i normally have Mm. during the season um if you are listening from last year as well first off i want to say thank you second off you could definitely see growth in my draft mocks and stuff like that which are also going to be starting shortly um hopefully within the next couple weeks for sure but without further ado that's my that's my top five and I'll comment as I see fit. We have, uh, I have, I have eight for you guys. Um, and then I have a ninth as a prospect breakdown. Um, some dude I've just been absolutely in love with recently. Uh, that's besides the point. I would be very surprised if Hendon Hooker doesn't move down your list. The more you look into Hendon Hooker, uh, I'm going to like do a little, I'm, I'm going to call it a deep dive, but more like a small dive um, <laughs> into these quarterbacks for you guys. Um, I think there's four of them, four guys that maybe could turn into a franchise guy. Um, and then one shot in the dark guy and everyone else is, is going to be career backups. I think, um, number one, I think it's Bryce young. Um, and I don't really think it's close. I know you said close behind him was Will Levis. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a Will Levis guy going into the year. I was a Will Levis guy. Um, I do think it's Bryce young and then I do think it's everyone else. Uh, the only knock on Bryce young is, is his size. Um, that being said, that doesn't mean he has elite talent across the board, like a Caleb Williams. He's not elite at everything, uh, but he does have like really good accuracy. He does make every single throw on the field. He sees uh, the field really well, which is surprising for a dude as short as he is and as small as he is. Um, and he always keeps his eyes down the field, especially when he's moving out. Um, I don't know if people um, remember, but even from last year's national championship game, uh, that was a huge thing he did. He would scramble out of the pocket and he'd get out, and then you would see him continue to keep his eyes down the field and throw it. Um, so, again, really the only knock this guy has is his size. He's he's either average or elite at everything else um, outside of size. Um, I think it's him, and then I do think it's everyone else. That being said, I am a Will Levis guy, so I do have Will Levis at two. Um, he has some really good traits. His arm talent is – he has a cannon attached to his right arm. Um, sorry, I lost my place. He has a, he has a cannon attached, uh, as a right arm, his size, he has, he looks like an action figure. <laughs> I think he's like six, six. He's a big guy. Um, and with that comes toughness. He's a really tough and gritty dude. I mean, we, you can see it when he played, I forgot what the game it was, uh, but he like broke his finger or dislocated it on his throwing hand and then came back in and finished the game. <laughs> that's, that's just a little bit crazy to think about. Um, and for a dude 6'6", he's very uh, functionally athletic. Think of a guy like Josh Allen. I'm not going to compare him to Josh Allen like we've been over. That's just something you don't do. Um, but the issues I have with him is he holds the ball a little too long, which makes him very prone to take sacks that he probably shouldn't. 
Um, and also, he probably throws some interceptions. He shouldn't. I think part of that can be chalked up to scheme. Uh, it's what people say about Dak Prescott. Wide receivers, uh, balls bounce off wide receivers' hands. Um, so I think some of that can be chalked up to scheme. Uh, but really, I need to. I want to see him develop more. And he he's a developmental guy. Um, he needs to kind of have a better pocket awareness. And at six six, you probably should have better pocket awareness than what he does. Um, and again, he's like super turnover prone, which is an issue that you'd have to fix um, in the league. And a comp that I'm thinking of um, that I haven't heard is Carson Wentz. Uh, he has a huge arm, very functionally athletic, has awful pocket awareness, and is turnover prone. Carson um, Wentz before or Carson Wentz now? Before Carson Wentz, <laughs> Carson Wentz before, not Carson Wentz now. Yeah. Um, and like, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the right system. And that's also why I would really love to see him go to the Carolina Panthers because of Frank Reich. Frank Reich was the OC for the Eagles when Carson Wentz was that MVP candidate guy. I think that'd be awesome. I don't think people are talking about that enough. Um, so I think if he develops, I think at his peak, he could be what Carson Wentz was. Uh, but again, he's also a developmental guy. Uh, number three is a name that everyone else has probably heard as well. Dude, you touched on C.J. Stroud. Um, he, he, he's there, and he looks like he has some good traits. He can get by, and like I said, he's a, he has a good arm. Uh, he's a okay processor. He's big. The issue I have with him is his play outside of structure. If a play breaks down, if a play, if a D tackle gets into his face, if an edge wraps around, he has no clue what he's doing outside of the pocket. He it, like he forgets how to play football. The nice thing was was when we saw them play Georgia. So I don't know if something switched inside of his brain and something we can continue to see forward. Um, he fixed that when he played Georgia, and he looked like a completely different guy under pressure, which is awesome. Um, but it's whether or not. Do you take the last two years um, and say this is the kind of dude he is, or do we take this last game and say this is what he can be? And I think that's what he can be, uh, but it has been an issue with him throughout his entire career. And then the other uh, thing I have is he's an athletic dude. I would like to see him use it more, and he just didn't. Um, number four, which is Matt's dude, uh, Anthony Richardson. He's Florida's quarterback. He has He's your traits dude. He has all the traits in the world. Uh, he's super fast. He has a huge arm. But he's rawer than a, than a freaking cow eating grass on the field. He needs to be like developed. He should not play at all his rookie year. It's bad. But he could turn into that dude. He could. I, he could step in, and he's a top five mobile quarterback right now in the NFL. Um, and I talked about Will Levis's arm. Anthony Richardson might have an even bigger arm. Uh, he's your again. He's your super Tracy dude. Um, and we probably won't see him drafted until the back half of the draft, which I'm all for because that means he's going to a better team, which means he can sit back. Um, my number five, which I thought you would have, and this is where this drop-off happens. This is where those top four guys could be franchise guys, and then everyone after it drops off. Uh, Tanner McKee, uh, this is what everyone's top five looks like, or most people. Uh, Sanford's quarterback, he has good size. He has a uh, nice touch on the deep ball. He has a good arm. Uh, but he he didn't produce at all, which is a little bit of a concern. Um, but guys say he's smart. That's what uh, scouts are saying. I don't know. Uh, but he just seems like he'd be a a good um, uh, uh, a good backup quarterback. But just not. He just doesn't have the you know that it factor that makes you that franchise guy. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a dude at six that 
Um, I'm higher on than the majority of people. This is my shot in the dark candidate. Uh, Jaron Hall, uh, J-A-R-O-N. Uh, um, he's BYU's quarterback. Uh, he has great mobility. Uh, size is an issue. He's 6'1". Uh, but he has really good mobility. He produced, I think he had like 34 touchdowns to six interceptions. So he produced, um, he has a big arm. Um, he played baseball. And this isn't like, oh, he played baseball. Like he played baseball for the BU, BYU baseball team. He has an arm. Um, but his ball placement isn't there. And you really need to see that. And with the size and ball placement, I think maybe you could develop into a um, – into a good nice backup but if, if any of these later qbs turn into like a guy i think john hall is your dude because again he has that mobility he has that big arm uh, so he has the two traits that you're looking for the most when you're thinking of a modern hqb um and then at number seven uh, i have hendon hooker the issue i have with hendon hooker is uh, two things we didn't see this elite production uh, until this year and i don't think it is by coincidence that happened in the Tennessee's offense. I need to watch more Hendon Hooker, but Tennessee's offense has a lot of manufactured space. They don't create the actual space. He doesn't have to fit these guys into tight windows. A lot of his yards come after the, these yak guys like Jalen Hyatt did. He, 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 they have a lot of manufactured space, and then it's injury. He tore his ACL. He was 25 already. He's not going to play until he's 26. Jalen Hurts is 25 and he's closer to 24 than he is 26. Like he's younger than Hendon Hooker and Hendon Hooker will have to sit out this season, recover from his ACL. And then the first time he will ever step foot on an NFL field, if he ever does is going to be at the age of 26 and we'll see how it does, but he has above, he has above average arm. He has decent mobility, um, his injury or his vision needs to be fixed on uh, or worked on a little bit more. Um, and again, that just comes from the Tennessee offense where he didn't really have to focus on that too much uh, because it was all that manufactured space. Um, and then the last guy I have for you is Max Duggan. How could I not talk about Max Duggan? Um, we talked about Hendon Hooker not having, um, you know, the production until this year. Um, that's, that's Max Duggan, but at a way worse level, Max Duggan looked like, bad like people were talking the last three years he needs to be benched he shouldn't be playing that's how bad max duggan looked he just does not have that production uh but he just he, he's all around like a good guy he doesn't have those elite traits um he's a really fast processor and he has some athleticism uh but sometimes he resorts to that way quicker than what he should um he has an okay arm the issue you actually see him like under throwing guys so you can't like you get that yak after um, so he would be, uh, again, a nice backup quarterback. Um, he seems like he's smart. That's what scouts say. Um, but he just doesn't have anything that makes him um, great, um, i.e. Brock Purdy almost. Um, and then uh, a guy I haven't done a lot of research here, I just rounded out, we'll do uh, Clayton Toon, who is Houston's quarterback. I don't know much about him. I haven't done a lot of research on him. Uh, people say, you know, he's your Easton uh, stick. If you guys have watched, uh, if you guys were with the draft, Easton stick was a QB drafted out of North Dakota state. Uh, I think it was four or five years ago. And he was just, again, he, you know what you're getting out of him. You know, you're drafting that uh, backup quarterback. Um, but my dude that we're doing a prospect breakdown on who I have slowly fell in love with. Um, I liked him throughout the course of the last, uh, you know, two or three years. Um uh, 
Who should start year one? Yeah, he's six six. <laughs> Whoa, I haven't been in here. Yeah, I'm almost certain Will Levis is six six. Maybe he's six five. It's six three. Come on. Where did I get that from? Okay, he's still big. Six three is fine. Um, I don't know. I, I was uh, on Walter Picks. They had him listed as six six. That's my bad. He's six three. Um, argue that I flipped. He should start year one. Uh, I don't think Anthony Richardson should start year one. I mean, maybe it's processed by fire. Uh, but anyways, my prospect breakdown. Uh, a guy that I've slowly fallen in love with over the past few years. Uh, but it wasn't actually until again our friend Matt started talking about them when it came to college football playoff time. That is DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, uh, UCLA's quarterback. Oh, my God. He's so much fun to watch. Um, I need to watch more 22 on him uh, because a lot of my experience on him was just watching his games and not 22. Um, but he he's just fun. And, boy, would I want the Eagles to draft him. And he can be our backup quarterback. It's the same way. He's Jalen Hurts light. Uh, but just real quick, uh, like I do for the prospect breakdown, um, he was a – I think he was a – he was either a four- or five-star coming into UCLA. He was a four-year contributor. Um, he didn't start his freshman year, but he played his freshman year. Um, and then he started the last three seasons. So he was a four-year contributor. He's 6'1", 205. You see that. You say size concerns. Uh, yes, that's absolutely a concern. Um, but as far as what he's good at, he has he has a an above average arm. That's what we're, that's kind of a, a theme we're seeing this um, this draft cycle as, as far as our quarterbacks. But he has this above average arm. Uh, but with that is he has a very smooth release and a very quick release. He's very fast with it. Um, he doesn't have a hitch in it, which is now something I guess we view as like a, a con because I guess a lot of quarterbacks now have these weird hitches and a really long release. You don't got to worry about that with uh, DTR. And with that, that allows him with his with his strong arm. And when I say strong with him, it's more of like the velocity on it than anything. His is really his is nice velocity, and that nice velocity mixed with that fast release allows him to squeeze these balls into these really tight windows that you don't really expect a quarterback to be able to get in that. Um, and he's also like super mobile. He's probably the second best athlete. Uh, I'm going to say he's probably the second best athlete outside of Anthony Richardson uh, in terms of quarterback in this draft class. Uh, He's again, he's super athletic. He has a great arm, which allows him to squeeze these tight windows in. Um, But the issue I have with him is something really weird as a four-year contributor. He's super raw, which you don't see a guy like Anthony Richardson played one year. He has a reason to be raw. DTR played four years of college football and you still look at him and you still say, what the heck? Why are you this raw? Um, And that main issue is he needs to develop as a pocket passer. He has a great arm. Like I said, um, he he makes some like eye popping throws, but he's not this pocket passer. And when the pressure comes into him, it's the same thing with Stroud. His accuracy just drops off a click or drop drops off a cliff where he usually is an accurate quarterback. As soon as there's pressure with him, it changes his accuracy like drastically. Um, and then that also with that, he's super inconsistent with his timing and velocity. We've seen him do it, but he can't do it all the time, which is super frustrating because you see it and you're like, come on, if you can do that at a high level and you can continuously do it, then maybe it's a guy you can, you know, maybe you could be a, a second or third round pick. 
but he's not. He's going to be a sixth, seventh, maybe even, you know, undrafted free agency. Um, he also leaves the pocket a little bit early when the pressure comes. Um, you know, there's been times where he could sit back and hit a dude, uh, but he sees pressure and he escapes. Um, and then, like I said, he's undersized. Um, but just the mix of his uh, mobility and how well he can do and the flashes he has shown with his arm talent, I've absolutely fell in love with him. Uh, he's going to be really fun. And I think any team who drafts him um, is going to get a gem. Um, and I think there's a bit of a theme when it comes to these quarterbacks that I like in terms of Jaron Hall and, and DTR, um, these smaller guys with big arms and, and, and are mobile. So I think it's, it's going to be fun to see uh, how his career turns out. And, and if you're looking for a sixth, seventh round pick or UDFA, um, I think he's your guy. And I think he's also playing at the Shrine Bowl, which I think is like Thursday of, of next week. So a week from today, um, as the time of recording this, he sadly didn't make the cut for Senior Bowl, which is wild to me. But if you guys want to see DTR, he will be playing in the Shrine Bowl absolutely give him a look go back through and watch the ucla games uh, they were a lot of fun um and yeah next week we'll go over wide receiver for you guys but that's those those first nine guys i listed are going to be probably your first picks uh the last dude i left out was stetson bennett but uh everyone knows who stetson mm-hmm. bennett i don't really feel like i have to go over stetson bennett <laughs> so but that, that that's a quarterback class this year um and it's a conversation me and you have had as well i don't think there's that guy, I don't think there's the Trevor Lawrence. I don't think there's the Joe Burrow. Yeah. Heck, I don't even think there's going to be the Drake May. Drake May is a quarterback coming out next year with Caleb Williams. Um, I think Bryce Young would probably be the third quarterback drafted in next year's class. Um, and that's no knock on him. But like I said, he doesn't have those elite, awesome traits. Um, meanwhile, other guys do. Um, so honestly, I think if you're a QB needy team, if you can try to push it back and you know get – a Derek Carr, Jimmy G, ah, a Derek Carr, Jimmy G, um, for a year or so, and then draft your guy next year. I think that's probably the route you should take. But there are some nice developmental gems in this class if you want to take your chance on it. So, all right, come back next week um, for wide receivers, and then the last part, just real quick, we're gonna run through some names as far as names to watch out for when you look at Senior Bowl practices because those are streamed on ESPN. You can watch those. Um, so keep. Keep an ear out for these guys. Um, I have four offensive guys and four defensive guys for you guys. We'll start on defense. The dude I'm most excited to see at the Senior Bowl more than anyone is Georgia Tech's edge, Keon White. Uh, he's from Old Dominion. He's super traitsy, really big defensive line. Um, he's going to play edge probably the next level, but he could scoot and play defensive tackle in NASCAR. Um, the next dude, some dude I've talked about before already with you guys, is J.L. Skinner, the safety from Boise State. Love him. Um, we'll see if he ends up playing kind of that star linebacker role, if he ends up playing safety. Um, next one is Washington State's linebacker. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Diane Henley. He's your he's your coverage linebacker. Think of a JOK, but on a way lesser scale. Uh, and then the last defensive guy, a dude I had really big hopes for going into the season, um, but didn't quite meet them. Stanford's cornerback, uh, uh, K. Blue Kelly. Um, hopefully he can rise his stock a little bit and get back a little bit of what we thought he would hopefully be this year. Um, and then in terms of offensive guys, I already talked about BYU's uh, quarterback, Jaron Hall. Um, I think he's going to be fun, and hopefully we can see him let his arm loose a little bit in his mobility. 
Uh, Bama's left tackle, uh, Tyler Steen, who was Bryce Young's uh, blindside blocker the last two years. Um, UCS's interior offensive line, Andrew uh, Voorhees, the only he, – he's fun to watch. Um, I think he'll probably go second or third round. The only issue is, is he's old. Um, and then a nice kind of diamond in the rough dude to watch out for is Princeton's wide receiver, Andre um, – Lovas, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, but Princeton's wide receiver, Andre, uh, he's 6'3", he has that track speed. Um, again, the concerns that everyone has about him is, is he more than just a track athlete or not? Um, you would hope at 6'3", he is, um, but we'll see. So those are just uh, eight names for you guys to keep an ear out for in terms of um, guys to watch in terms of practice uh, next week and the Senior Bowl. So. It's time for America's favorite game, Weddle. All right. So we didn't have a winner last week. Um, we all kind of blanked on Jermaine Effetti. Uh, that was pretty awful, by the way. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to blame Weddle for that, honestly. But it's fine. Hi, Kyler Gordon was uh, – Kyler Gordon was – I think it was yesterday. It was either yesterday or Tuesday it was Kyler Gordon. I almost played today, but I caught myself. Me too. Yeah. So um, rock, paper, scissors for who gets. Yeah, you, you, I'll let you pick. I'll let you pick. I want to go second, though. All right. I'll go first. Yeah. All right. Go first. I'm going to go first. That's going to say, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you. That's going to say, I'll let you pick you first or second. Uh, easy. You guys know how this goes. We help each other out on an easy round. It's AJ Brown each and every week. So, right. so it's not the end. Young the guy team. in the AFC. Mm-hmm. If you height, he probably plays quarterback. With the number, he probably plays quarterback. Young quarterback in the AFC. Probably not, but okay. AFC South quarterback. Oh, <laughs> uh, give me Trevor Lawrence. No. What? <laughs> uh, Davis Mills. Hey. Okay. All right, cool. Um, you'd think he'd be taller than six four with that neck. Anyways, yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, AJ Brown again. Um, sure. Okay. Oh, I'm about to. All right, woo! all right. Um, NFC East. He's not Philly. Six one. He's on defense. Um. Hmm. Six one. I feel like that's a little tough. That needs a little bit older. Well, he probably plays. Uh, this doesn't. This isn't giving it away. He probably at six one. He he's a cornerbacker safety. <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, that's he, what I there's was a chance he's well. a small linebacker, but I can't think of anyone. Um, and he's older than twenty five. Dang, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of um. I I don't know why this name comes to mind. It's not Landon Collins. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Landon Collins was second stint with the Giants, right? Yeah. Anyways, it's your turn. There we go. Um, not a terrible guess, but it's fine. 29. Here, could you scroll down just a little bit? Here, you know what I'll do? I'll just turn this off. That way you can see that. Okay. Cowboys or 
It's going to be a cow. I, I think it's a Cowboys secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, golly. The thing I'm, is, I'm, I'm blanking on who's. I mean, it's it's not I'm blanking, blanking on who who's even who's even there, right? Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I, I was originally thinking. I was thinking Benjamin St. Juice, but I think Benjamin St. Juice is too tall. Um, and Benjamin St. Juice is too young. Hmm. I'm just going to try to at least get the team. So we're going to say Trayvon Diggs. It's not going to be Trayvon Diggs, but. Ah, I knew it was – oh, linebacker. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Hmm. Dang it. That's exactly the route that I was thinking. Okay. Wow, I was... it's a 6-1 edge? Hmm. What? It's not It's not Demarcus Lawrence. It's not his Diggy Zua. I do Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence is too big, though. What? I'm so confused. Oh, it's on off. Yeah. Oh, it's a kicker. Oh, come on. <laughs> no yep. way. Yep. No way. I was sitting here thinking, I was like, why isn't safety glowing yellow? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, kind of slow when it comes to that kind of stuff. I saw him like it's a kicker. <laughs> so, so right now the I shouldn't it's, have said anything. I, I, I need to I need to like work on like keeping no, my mouth shut. Because as soon as you said, oh, I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Um all right, so yeah, I'll throw that back up there and then uh yeah, so I'm only five games away. It's yes. pretty nice. What what's the name of the segment? Oh, you're not talking about Ryan and Ben? Oh, okay. Well, hold on. I've got it. It's time for Gridiron Goofs. All right. So we got we to gotta kind of go back. Prepared for this, baby. Um, let's see. Pod 50 would be us. And I didn't know what we had for Gridiron you, Goofs. I'll, I'll let you go first if you like. Okay. All right. Um. I'm going to go with uh, – okay, so I guess I should yeah. probably say yeah, what the draft probably, is. Yeah. Um, so I'm going it's, – it's nostalgia stuff, yep. things that trigger nostalgia. Um, and with that, I'm going with the Nintendo DS console. Okay, I was I – bought a, I bought a Switch for myself last night, so. It's great, right? Yeah. Okay, I was scared that you were going to say this, and – I don't think this is cheating. I don't think this is too broad because we've been way think? broader with topics. The startup sound of like the Xbox or the PlayStation, like the like those okay. two startup sounds are like the PlayStation Three or the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. One of the, the startup sounds of oh, game consoles, console. or the Game Boy yeah. or something like that. So yeah, startup sounds of game consoles. Um, I'm just gonna say Minecraft as a whole. Wow. Okay. Um, just because I played the crap out of that game with my friends when I was younger. Um, yeah. All right. Next up. Um. Let me. I have DS right here. Was um, that on your big board? Yeah, DS was on my big. Board. Nice. Okay. I wanted to steal at least yeah. one thing. That's my goal. Um. Come on, though. If if and I've heard this isn't like a huge thing, but I'm sure everyone knows what this is. 
And if you didn't have this in your childhood, I'm sorry, but this Galactic Book Fair. Uh-huh. The book fairs were the best, dude. I've, oh, I loved the book fairs. Because let's be honest, who actually went to the book fairs and bought books? No, it was the cool erasers or the cool multicolored pens or the scented mm-hmm. markers or the sticker books. I know a lot of people bought sticker books. What was that? Oh, book fairs were the best. Pokemon cards. Ooh, I had Pokemon in there too, mine. Can I just take Pokemon as a whole then? I was just yeah, gonna say, yeah. I mean, yeah. I already have Nintendo DS, but like I don't know, Pokemon, Pokemon cards, Pokemon games, whatever. Which, by the way, I saw a TikTok of this guy who bought uh, Pokemon Platinum at a GameStop. First mm-hmm. off, guess how much that guy spent on that game? Just how much? Eighty-eight dollars. Okay. Second off. The game wasn't wiped, so he looked and saw like what was on that game, and he had the flute. Do you know what flute I'm talking about? No. So the flute, so there's this flute in Pokemon Platinum. I forget what it's called. I think it's called like the Azure flute or something like that. If you go to the top of a mountain and you blow that flute, it leads to a golden staircase and you can catch Arceus. Really? And so he did that in a TikTok video, and I loved it. I got oh, so much nostalgia just watching that yeah. as a whole. And that, uh, and um, actually to my left here, um, I have the remaster of uh, Pearl. Oh, that's great. We love so, it. Great stuff. Anyways. Yes. Continue. So, um, what, third pick, right? Yes. Oh, I have I have six left on my on my board, so it actually works out. Um, we're gonna go. I have to. This I hear this sound too, and I'm like, my childhood. I could still sing every single word to it. The song Fireflies. <laughs> Come on, that that's everyone's theme song Dude, as a child. I miss Ugh. music when when like. It sounds stupid because, like, yeah. majority of music was just the same recipe over and over and over again. Yeah. It was literally yeah. just party sounds and mm-hmm. just I don't know what you would what genre you would put fireflies in, but pop yeah. was really awesome and not depressing. Um, everyone talks or t- t- talks too much or whispers something by Neon Trees. That was a great song too. Um, <laughs> I I'm, this is very broad. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll let you know. Um, throw a flag. I'll let you know. Content creators on YouTube. So I'm talking PewDiePie, oh, Markiplier. Yeah, yeah. I watched uh, Tobuscus a lot. PewDiePie. I don't know if you know who Tobuscus was, but Tobuscus was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and just all of them in general. Could we but, shrink it to video game content creators? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. That's fine. Okay. But mm, I really don't want to, though. Come on. You're taking out like you're taking like millions of people. You're you're taking millions of people. Well, there's there's other people that I that I want to group in as well, though. Technically, ah. if they had a gaming channel, can I take this? Fine. Can I take Smosh? Because that's 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 really the only thing I care about at that point. See, that's that's it. So 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 do the gaming, like the gaming content creators. But does Smosh count in that? Can I have Smosh as the, a part of that? The gaming Smosh channel, not Smosh as a whole. But it's Smosh. No. Well, the no. gaming Smosh. I want Smosh. I want Smosh. No. Okay, so you can say Smosh. I'm throwing the flag. Do you see? It's red, red challenge flag. 
<laughs> okay. okay i'll gaming content creators is enough i'll take PewDiePie thank you marketplace. you can have smosh or whatever but no, no, no actually i'm just i'm forcing you if you want smosh, I, use I almost put just like youtube back then yeah. i don't know if i can let that slide either <laughs> um is that on your big board what just the content creators no oh come on then no i uh-uh. mad that i thought of that first come on now i i don't care it's way too broad <laughs> It, 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 if I can't get fall weather and hoodies included in that, you can't get all content creators. Well, weather and weather and hoodies are different. Weather, no. In, 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 in fall weather, you wear hoodies. In winter weather, that, you that, wear that, hoodies. That's how that goes. In winter weather, you wear hoodies. Winter weather, you wear jackets. And sometimes in summer weather, you wear hoodies. Depends on how chilly it gets some nights. Well, then it wouldn't be winter weather. You can say summer, but I said it fall weather, not fall. But it said fall weather. Because you didn't weather... say hoodies during the fall season. Stop. I see, see, do you see the issue here? You can't, I... you can't, you can't, you can't knock me. We're going to move on. It's an hour and a half into the episode. <laughs> um, fine. Take, I don't care. I don't care enough. To... Content creators as a whole. Thing. I don't care. If anybody enough to... has a problem with it can leave a comment or review. Anyways. <laughs> um, Okay, I don't even care. We're gonna go. We're gonna go way, 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 way back to nostalgia. When I mean nostalgia, I mean like when I'm three, four, five, six. Mm. The street rugs. You know, oh like yeah, rugs with the streets and stuff on them. Yep. Yes, sir. Kali, mm. now there's two different choices I like with my, with my um. My final pick here, man. You know what really sucks mm. is as far as like the broad topic of console startup sounds, that's a great first round pick. Yeah. Uh, but one that I didn't consider until right now was you know what that one was? Is that GameCube? That's GameCube, yeah. That was like majority of my 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 yeah. I had uh we growing up we 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 didn't have a like not not until I was a little bit older, not until I was like 10, 12, 13, 14. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't have enough money to get like the new like Xbox or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had the N64. I grew up on like the N64 oh. playing like the original Mortal Kombat and like Street Fighter and like the Donkey I Kong had, game and stuff. We couldn't get the Xbox 360 for a while, mm-hmm. but I was able to get my hands on an original Xbox console. And we also had the GameCube and at my dad's house and everything, and that's that's where my childhood was as far as. You ever played Crazy Taxi before? Yes. Yeah. Um. There's there's many routes where I can go. That's what I'm saying, man. Hmm. I'll go silly bands. Oh, that's a good one. That's good. <sighs> Dude. I went just general nostalgia instead of like my own. Like mm-hmm. silly bands are huge, but like I don't know. Well, I would say Firefly, Book Book Fair, and, and Game Sounds, Game Startup Sounds were all like. I, I think the Street Rug was maybe a little bit more me. But... I wanted to go as like I want to cover as many people's bases as possible, mm-hmm. but I want to stay like super personal as well. Like mm-hmm. silly bands was huge, but. 
I don't know. My thing is, what's funny about silly bands is back when they had to like outlaw them in my school because yeah. people were like, I think people trading were like, them. no, not trading them, but like people had so many on their wrists to where yeah. it was cutting off the circulation of their arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. All right, your fifth. There's two. There's two different ways I want to go. I was really hoping you were. Gonna we're gonna go. do like a like a notable. Can we? Can, do Do you want to do six rounds? Yeah, we could do six. That's fine. Yeah, we'll do six rounds. I, I I really doubt you're gonna take. I don't think so. One of these then. That being said, give me the TV cart. I don't know if you had that. Mm. But I know everyone out west, like we didn't have these fancy projectors or these smart boards. There was like this big cart that the TV was on, and it was winch strapped onto the. Uh, it was winch strapped onto the cart, and you'd push it in, and like everyone in the room would huddle around this TV because it was like it's like one of those static TVs too that if you like touch it, it like shocks you. One of the box TVs. Yeah. So yeah, so it was one of those, and it was like this really tiny TV, but everyone would huddle around and watch it. And the teacher would be like, "Oh, it's gonna be a movie day today." You roll in the TV cart, and you saw that TV cart, and you knew it was going to be a good day. <laughs> um, uh, I I don't want to. I almost want to go like that. seven rounds because I'm. Yeah. Oh. I'm gonna be so mad. I'm gonna be so mad. Blockbuster. Blockbuster was great. Blockbuster. I had a. Do you know what Red Disc is? I know a red box. Or red, red box. box. That's what yeah, it's yeah. called. Yeah. I, I did red box. That's we what killed Blockbuster. Yeah. We, uh, we did uh we had Netflix when like you would have to order them online. They'd send the movie in and then yeah. you'd send it back. You remember That's what was it, Gamefly? The Gamefly. It was the same thing. Oh my god, yeah. Gamefly. Mm-hmm. So um, um I, I'm I want to go seven rounds. Can we do seven? Because I have the next I have the next one. All right, so you did block. I don't know where I'm gonna go with that. I deleted my. I'm gonna. My next pick is really gonna make you mad. Mm -hmm. But all right, well then we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing this back then. Um, If we're gonna go seventh round, we're gonna keep pushing this last one back. Um, Forts. Yeah. Building forts, whether that was like couch forts, blanket forts, no forts. uh, We 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 were out in the west, so we had the desert. Yeah, you had no snow forts. (laughs) (laughs) No. We were, but we had, we had, like, we had, um, we had, we had like desert forts. Like we, uh, we had this super cool fort where it was like, like half the tree was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, a, it was a half the tree that was like facing away from the sun. So we got this awesome, we, we like chopped off all the, um, like the whole like dead side and we used it like make like a little barrier and stuff. And my friend's parents were throwing out like their old carpet. So we put it in the desert and stuff. It was great. It was is great and we used to climb in the tree and like look for like miles over the desert so just yeah. forts in general blanket forts you know snow forts um couch forts pillow forts all, all those just forts i'm gonna kill broad topics right here mm-hmm. after school tv nickelodeon cartoon mm. network disney channel all of it after all, all, all okay that that was broader that's even that's the most broad topic i think we've ever had <laughs> that being said i'll let you pick two of the three two of the three of i'm the going three. nickelodeon and cartoon network yeah yep that was the best choices those were yeah i'm yeah. sorry i mean you know disney had some good shows but it did it doesn't compare with danny phantom that was it dude i'm Anything that 
Okay, I'm just going to take the two as a whole, not specifically mm-hmm. after school. But the thing is, Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, just in general, um, great. Yeah, you can do awesome. Cool, yeah. Like, the thing is, uh, I would wake up at 6.30 every morning to watch Pokemon before I had to go and get ready. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when it aired and everything. And that was great. So, yeah. yeah. That was it. And the Nickelodeon was awesome. I loved iCarly and, like, Victorious and all that. Yeah. I would watch that. Um, Did and you ever watch course, the, uh, the, uh, the Beyblade show? In the, Beyblade um, was awesome, yeah. What was Bakugan. That? Bakugan. That's what I'm thinking of. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you watch Gigimon? Is, is that what it's called? Uh, Digimon? Digimon. Digimon. Oh, great. No, because so, I was mad. I was. I would really not like anybody that watched Digimon because I liked Pokemon more. Pokemon was <laughs> better version of Digimon, yeah. for sure. So, so yeah, uh, your seventh um, pick. That seventh yeah. and final. Yeah, seventh and final pick, and then we'll wrap it up here for you guys. Thank you guys for staying this late. If you guys are listening this far, you guys mm-hmm. are real ones. Appreciate it. Um, I'm happy I was able to get this here at the seventh pick. Fortune tellers. The ones that you fold up. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. One, two, three, mm-hmm. four, five, six, seven. Pick a number and you pick a number and you do it again and you pick a number and you flip it. And I yeah. used to make them all. Every one of my school used to make them. I, I there's a kid who like had a business like like by selling like by selling them using like like construction paper or something. Yeah. Like, fortune tellers are the best. So if you made it this far, we want to <laughs> thank you. Yes. Um. You know. Like I said before, we've got so much planned. I know we say that every episode, but please, I Ryan's not kidding when he said it at, at the start of this. Like the huge, I mean, huge guest. I um, work so that, so hard yes. every week to try and get us somebody big on the show. Yes, you do. And this is paying off in ways to where if you're following along now, you're gonna comment in about another year. And say I was here when y'all were getting two viewers, <laughs> like that yeah. was it. Um, but we appreciate everybody that's here, and yes. and and the thing is, is we cannot wait to see where this is next year. Um, the crazy places that we've already been, the things we've been able to do, the opportunities that we've had, um, incredible, and they're just going to get better because this is just the start of it. Um, you might see a little bit different look next week. Hopefully, maybe uh, keep posted i'm gonna see what i can do um but without further ado leave a comment down below i know there's a couple of you watching right now listen you just drop a like man just push a button that's it um and and maybe even two buttons if you haven't subscribed yet give us a subscription it's right Uh, leave a review yeah leave leave a review down below since you have to do that as well because you know we're trying to grow here good reviews is is better marketing for our stuff on apple Podcasts and stuff so that's huge um also we just want to know that you guys like our stuff that's really any any criticism honestly we'll we'll take it what you guys like what you guys don't like you know time if you guys want us to spend more time on weekly recap we can do that you know just anything really um yeah and, and a hint uh he said recap twice in the podcast, and that's the biggest hint that I can give you for our future guest. Um, so anyways, 
Without further ado, we'd like to give thanks to Overtime Sports Network, Regional Radio Sports Network, and Uppercuts Grooming. I got a haircut recently. I know it doesn't look like it from the front, but I do. I have it. I, I kept it a little bit longer. Um, but thanks for helping us grow our podcast and everything. Yes. Special thanks to Greg Braggs recently. He's been a huge yes. help along his um, advice and everything was, was awesome. Um, but without further ado, that's it for this week. And um, – We'll see you guys next week. Follow us on Twitter as well just to get constant updates. We're going to do that as well. Have a good conference championship weekend. Yes. Lots of fun. Um, hopefully Ben's not depressed next time we see we speak. All right, guys. <laughs> Talk to you later. See you guys next week.